All right, let's get this thing started. Where to hunt podcast. It's okay. Hi, I'm Dan Small, host of Outdoor Wisconsin, and I listen to Where to Hunt. Man, it's okay. I'm Kurt Geyer with Working Class Bowhunter. I listen to Where to Hunt podcast, and it's decent. It's all right. Hey, this is Bud Fisher with Catching Deers, and I think the Where to Hunt podcast is all right. Hey there, Greg. How you doing, Eric? Doing good. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Where to Hunt podcast, the podcast that connects public land hunting enthusiasts Today is May 19th, 2020. This is episode 130-something. I'm your host, Eric Clark, and alongside with me, hosting two, we got, say your name, Greg. Just, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, just co, I'm just co-hosting. No, no. Greg Tubbs at the co-host chair. If we're both, if we're both co-hosts. In my dining room. If we're both co-hosts, then, then we're both hosts. <laughs> right? So, all right? All right. All right. If you want to play it that way, that's fine. I think that's great. Uh, how are things going? You got a turkey. Let's talk about that for two seconds. Uh, yeah, it came in, no gobbling at all. It was windy and raining sideways yesterday. Did not hear a gobble all morning, which is very uncharacteristic because every morning I have been hearing gobbles. And he snuck right in down the fence line and caught one quick look at him and let him close the distance to about 15 yards and shot him in the face. That's awesome. End of story. And it's a good bird. Yeah. You're happy with it? it? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with it. 21 pounder, 21 and a half pounder, 11 or a uh, 10 inch beard and one inch spurs. It's a decent bird. I'll be happy with that. Cool. I'm happy for you, man. You, you put some good work in to get that one. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of effort, but, just well, like man. anything else, yeah. put some effort at it. You'll you'll have some success eventually. What you focus on is what moves. Um, speaking of f- focus, I've had three cups of backwoods grind coffee today, so I'm doing pretty good, good over here. Yeah, I'm pretty jacked, and uh, we'll we'll play something for you guys later in the show on the post production. But for the meantime, if you want to just sneak on over there and take a look around at their coffee blends. You can enter in code W2H podcast and you're going to save yourself 10%. Um, you also got some morel mushrooms and it looks like you had taken your gum leaves for a nice, a nice trek in the woods. I did, but I managed to forget wearing them yesterday. <laughs> it would have been nice because my feet would have been a heck of a lot drier than the uh, ASIC tennis shoes that I wore out to my blind. Oops. That's <laughs> no, all right. Got to be okay once in a while. You are, you are becoming an, I mean, there's parts of you that are definitely an okayest hunter. How does that make you feel? (laughs) (laughs) I'm fine with it. Whatever. Yeah. It's all good. Well, for those of you that don't know, Gumleaf USA are uh, handmade boots. We'll just say overseas right now. (laughs) England. England. Yeah. And they are 85% natural rubber boots uh, with a Vibram sole. They're comfortable. They're durable. Um, they're high quality and they're, they're good. They're a good item. Like it's a good thing to add your arsenal, not just for deer hunting, but for the entire year round season, you can wear these things all the time. 
Uh, well, not, you know, all the time, but mm-hmm. for all things outdoors, I guess, um, at least, at least I think we yeah. do, you know, for the most part. So I encourage it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to save some money on, on their boots, you can enter code W2H2020 for 10% off. And uh, Greg, I just love it when you do the Vector Custom Shop one because you're more technical than me. Not by much. Depends on what we're talking about. So Vector Custom Shop. If you're looking for a custom-built arrow to your specs, go check out VectorCustomShop.com. These are thick-walled, heavy carbon arrows rocking the FX insert system. Uh, You can get them weighted up front with 45 to 175 grains, whichever way you like it. And they, they build them up in test packs, which is two arrows of your choice weight and in in vein type uh half dozen or a dozen so the test pack's pretty cool you can test out different spines like i tried 300 spine got it to fly real good then for the heck of it i ordered a test pack of 250 spine and i gotta try them out now after i get my bow redialed so go check them out vectorcustomshop.com and if you want to save a little bit of money and save 10 percent Enter code where to hunt. Boom. Well, I got. I'd say you slayed it. And uh, with us today on the line, uh, we have guest Sam Wells, the marketing director for Chama Chairs. My wife loves the way that rolls off the tongue, Chama Chairs. Sam, welcome to the Chama show. Chairs. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. We're happy. We're happy to have you. We're happy to have anybody talk with us. We think we're a bunch of idiots, so. Welcome to the Idiot Club. <laughs> we play the yeah, part now. Well. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll sit right in then. That's great. <laughs> the fact that you agreed to do this, I think we talked like back in January and then maybe again in like, maybe it was even before that. It could have been like December. I don't remember. It was a while back, but we, we, we lobbed this one way out there and here you are. Yeah, yeah, it was. And then uh, I can't remember what, what came up. I, it might have had something to do with uh, all this craziness that's been going on, but we had to, we had to reschedule and... Uh, and here we are now. So I'm glad glad we're making it happen. Heck yeah, man! And uh, yeah. you're you're a Texas native. Uh, you've moved to Kansas, which is ironic because Trauma Chairs is based out of Texas. So you moved away to get a job locally from back home. Um, why don't you just tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Um, obviously, I just told them where you're from. Um, but you know, what do you like to hunt? What do you like to hunt with? Are you, are you a public land guy, private land guy, both? Uh, give us some background. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, like you said, from Texas, born and raised, and uh, uh, graduated from the University of North Texas um, in 2017. Uh, that's where I met my wife and played a little football there as well, and uh, and then took a job in Kansas um, after I graduated in December. Um, my wife stayed back to finish up her master's. Um, she was my fiance at the time, and uh, you know she was nice enough to let me. Uh, move away for for six months uh, at the last six months of our engagement uh, right before a wedding and um, I'm, I moved up to Kansas and uh, just really kind of fell in love with it pretty quickly and really enjoyed it up here and then uh, when we got married that following May um, she moved up and joined me and and then uh, I guess yeah so that was May and then I took the job with Chama November of 2018 um, who's Chama's based out of Dallas and that's where her entire family is from. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, kind of funny how it all worked out, but definitely, definitely blessed to, to be here and then to, to also, uh, work with Chama. Um, uh, but it's been a, been a fun ride so far and, 
uh, we, we really enjoy it up here and, uh, it's, it's been great, but, but yeah. And then one of the nice perks of, uh, Kansas obviously is, um, you know, you mentioned public land. Um, we have a really cool system here in Kansas. Um, it's called the, uh, the walk-in hunting access program. Um, so it's private land that is leased to the state, uh, for public access. Um, we have some public tracks as well. Um, but the majority of what I hunt is, uh, we call it Weeha is Weeha land. And, uh, that's, that's just been so cool for me, um, being from Texas where everything is private. Um, you know, growing up, I just had to know somebody or, you know, get lucky or ask around, you know, hopefully some farmer in the small town I grew up in, you know, had enough hogs on his place that he needed somebody to come shoot them. And I was always there to volunteer myself. Um, so, um, it's been, been really, really cool to have, uh, access to thousands and thousands of acres up here. And, um, I've hunted everything from antelope to whitetail to mule deer, upland birds, um, turkey, um, all the, all the above on, on public here. Um, so it's been really cool. Um, and spent a lot of time with a bow in my hand in the fall, um, chasing antelope, mule deer, whitetail here. And then, uh, and then have really fallen in love with, with upland hunting, um, since moving here as well. And just got, just got myself a bird dog. So I'm the proud owner of a eight month old, uh, Deutsch Trotthar right now. So we've been getting him trained up and he's going to be, he's going to be ready to go here in September and, uh, for, for prairie chickens. And then, um, starting in November, our quail and pheasant season will kick off. And, um, I'm really looking forward to spending many hours with him in the field this year. That's pretty cool. You're covering a lot of bases. I mean, you are really, yeah, it sounds like you definitely are enjoying Kansas quite a bit. You're, you're definitely getting your fill. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, well, I heard about the, uh, the lifetime license program here and, um, it's, uh, it's a great deal. And I, um, I'm, I'm one, one more quarterly payment away from having it. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. So, um, it's definitely a, a sportsman's paradise up here, I'd say. And, um, you know, it's just nice. I live just south of Kansas City, and you know, um, in 20 minutes, my wife and I can be um, on a rooftop bar downtown and enjoying the sun and a and a cold drink. And then, um, you know, I can hop in the truck and go an hour and a half west, and I'm I'm into pheasants and quail, so it's it's hard to beat. What's your favorite critter to chase with a bull? Uh, so I would have to say. Uh, and that's tough. So I hunted a antelope this year for the first time. And, uh, if you've never been to Kansas, it's, it's pretty stinking flat, uh, especially where the antelope live here. Um, so oh, that was just a ton of fun. Um, it was a new species for me. Um, I had never even seen an antelope on the hoof before in real life, um, until I went and hunted this September. So that was, that was just a really cool experience. Um, it was just so fascinating to see how much ground that they can cover so quickly. Um, the, the day before the season, I had a really nice buck spotted and put him to bed and, um, came back the next morning and set up within a couple hundred yards of where I put him to bed. And, um, I found that goat later that day, probably a mile and a half from where I put him to bed. And, you know, it was, it was no big deal for him to, I guess, move in the night. And then, uh, he ended up back on the other side of the property, um, that day. And it was just a lot of walking and, uh, a lot of stalking, uh, but it was an absolute blast. And then, 
mule deer is a close a close second um it's just so cool to to drive out to western kansas and just big big country to look at and and like i mentioned there's some really big tracks of a walk-in hunting access land and you know you can get lost out there and uh, i was i was fortunate enough um in 2018 to to get one with my bow spot and stock and uh it was just a, a really cool experience for for a kid that grew up in east texas and in the piney woods where you know the furthest you can see is 100 yards in any given direction and that's on a good day so um it's just really cool to to be out in big big open landscapes with a bow and and just hunting so differently than than what i'm used to growing up so uh i'd have to say it's a, it's a tie with the mule deer and the antelope for sure fun how fun like what cool. what was it what has it been like for you in short order to like go from not hunting any of this game to learning how to hunt all new game are you are there do you have like a support system in kansas of folks that are helping you or are you just a diy or getting after it yourself and just talking to people and YouTubing it up, like what has that been like? Yeah. So um, as far as the big game stuff goes, it, it has kind of just been, um, you know, YouTube videos and, uh, and just, you know, uh, Instagram is a powerful thing. You know, you, you see, you know, guys that are, you know, live out West or, uh, you know, I've been lucky enough. There's, there's a guy here that I know um, that lives pretty close to me and he he's lived in Kansas his whole life. And, um, he's, he's taken some great mule deer out West and, uh, and antelope as well. And he's been really kind to me and, and, uh, kind of, uh, giving me a few tips on where to go, when to go, uh, and all that. And, and you know, I'll be honest, I've, I've called game wardens out, out there out in Western Kansas and just said, Hey, like, you know, I'm five and a half hours away on the East side of the state. Um, I know that these deer are really hard to find if the crops are still standing. Um, can you tell me if, if farmers have started, you know, cutting their crops? Um, Cause you know, it's uh, that's a lot easier than driving five and a half hours to find out that the corn's still standing and you're, you're not going to be able to find any deer until the last 20 minutes of light. So um, yeah, yeah, it's just been, it's just been great to, you know, reach out to people. And, and like I said, it's, it's, it's opened uh, kind of, me up to having to, to form relationships and, and talk to folks and, and, uh, you know, kind of get out of my comfort zone of, well, I don't just hut on my, my buddy's, you know, family's farm and over a, over a corn feeder out of a ground blind anymore, you know? So, um, that's been really cool. And then as far as the upland hunting goes, I, I've, uh, been fortunate enough to get adopted into a really cool group of guys up here. Um, our, our group grows every year and it's, it's awesome, but, uh, we, we love to, to hunt birds and, and drive around and, um, you know, hang out and, you know, some days we get skunked and some days we get into them, but, um, it's just a lot of fun to share a field with those guys. And, and they really kind of ignited a, a passion for upland hunting in me that, um, was started when I was a kid, when I was young, but, um, you know, I haven't been able to do it in several years. And, and now that I'm getting to, to do it again, I'm, like I said, I've, I've fallen in love with it quickly and, and, uh, even got my own dog now. So it's been, been really cool. That's cool. Yeah. And, bird hunting is a lot of fun. Um, yeah, especially when you get in, you start getting into it and that's kind of how I got into duck hunting and doing a little more pheasant hunting too, is that a buddy that was big into it. And he's like, well, you know, dad and I go, why don't you come with us? So that's kind of how it started out for me for duck hunting. And then I ended yeah. up with a dog and the dog was good and, and, uh, you know, the excuse was, well, I got to take the dog out bird hunting. <laughs> Not for me. It's more for the dog, you know? 
So oh, yeah, yeah, I've already uh, I've already booked off every weekend next fall for, uh, and like you said, it's not for me. It's uh, my dog's name is Jaeger. It's it's for him. You know, it's it's uh, yeah. That that makes it a lot easier to to tell to tell folks why you're not ever going to hang out with them on the weekends because uh, you got to yeah. do it for the dog. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. It's a good name too. So yeah, thank you. In so far as like we were talking offline before we hit the record button and went live here and it was odd enough that I was scrolling through Instagram, uh, you know, and I get an ad for Chama Chairs likely because I was on your site um, doing some research to try to prep for the show. But, um, you know, how, how did you land your gig there? Um, you know, and what what is their story? What has that been like? Um, and then we can kind of break down the product once we kind of get a flavor for who Chama is. And the name too. Yeah, yeah. So, um, like like I had mentioned earlier, I, I uh, the agency I was working for up here in Kansas, um, we uh, were introduced to to Chama, and uh, there was like a like a small relationship there. Um, and uh, myself and and one of the owners, uh, Corey Emerson, uh, we just really hit it off and and kind of um, developed a friendship and. Um, he had one day we were just talking on the phone and he was like, Hey, you know, uh, what would it look like if you came and worked for us? And I was like, I think it would, I think it would look good. I think that'd be cool. So, um, that, that was kind of how all that came together. It was just really, um, just kind of a, uh, kind of off the cuff by chance thing. Um, but definitely, definitely grateful that it happened. And, uh, it was, it was, it was just a great opportunity for, for myself and um, just kind of a step in the right direction for uh, my career personally, I thought. So um, that's how that happened. And that was in November of 2018. And uh, Chama officially launched uh, at ATA in 2017. Um, so, you know, had been around for a year and a half or so at that point. Um, so still a fairly new company, still just kind of getting off the ground and um, really defining kind of the brand image and and what they wanted to be and the voice that they wanted to, to have and the story that they wanted to tell within the hunting and outdoor community. Um, and I was just super fortunate to kind of come in at a time when that, that story and everything was still young and developing and kind of helped to, to get it off the ground and, um, and, and get it going with, with Corey and Reagan and Alex, uh, the owners of Chama. And uh, it's just been, it's just been really cool to, to see it grow from, uh, a brand that I had never even heard of personally. And I'm a gear guy to, um, to now, you know, when we're at trade shows or, you know, um, I hear people talking about the product and, you know, I go to my local shields and I see it on the shelf and, and all that. It's just been, been really neat to kind of see it come from, from what it was when I first joined to, to what it is now. And it's been a, a real team effort and a collaborative uh, kind of movement to, to get it to where it is. And we're, we're having a lot of fun doing it. So it's been, been really great. How many people are there roughly? Yeah. So uh, myself, uh, Corey Emerson, uh, Reagan Browning, and then Alex Kamak. Um, so um, Alex is a, is a full-time dentist, but he's a trooper and he helps out with uh, more than he should. Honestly, he's a, uh, He's a great guy and comes to comes to trade shows and everything else. Um, and then uh, Corey and Reagan are, are full time along with myself, and uh, we uh, we just manage uh, all of it together. And and Reagan's kind of the uh, the logistical product um, 
design side of the house uh, mastermind. And then uh, Corey is the the big picture guy. Um, and he's, he's just a jack of all trades himself as well. And then, um, like I said, I kind of, I kind of handle, um, most of the, uh, the content, um, side of things, uh, social media, and then, um, a good bit of the, the digital marketing as well. So it's a, a really collaborative, uh, group effort and, uh, it's awesome. That's a really efficient team. I mean, holy cow. That's, you said like, yeah, it's, it's, a. Uh, yeah, it's it's fun. We uh, we we like to we have our own lanes that we stay in, but uh, we also you know we're we're all able to kind of lend a hand uh, where need be, and it's uh, it's been it's been a real joy to to work with those guys and uh, and also develop a friendship with them um, over the last um, you know year and a half now, and uh, it's they're my coworkers, but it's also you know I could say they're my friends too, so it's cool. It's a good time, man. That makes going to work. Go ahead, Greg. It's going to work a lot easier when everybody gets along with you. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, no, no bad days here at Chama. That's good. I'm having some sort of technical issue with my camera. Sorry. I'm totally <laughs> locked okay. in and I don't need the camera, but it's just funny. It turned off. Um, I did have a question lined up there. Where did the name come from? It sounded like. I was trying to piece together some of the names that you were mentioning of, of the coworkers and nothing jumped out at me that it was like someone's name or the initials thereof. Like, do you know the story behind the name Chama? Yeah. Yeah. So they, uh, they like, uh, Corey and Reagan really liked, the uh, the Chama region of, uh, I believe it's New Mexico. Um, but, um, that's, they, they spent a lot of time there. Uh, and, and it's just a cool, rugged place uh lots of wildlife and and uh that's that's where they got the name chama uh and uh and you know i think it like like your wife said it it does just roll off the tongue so it's it's pretty nice that's kind of cool and and the fact that it's a rugged area i mean when i was looking at some of the product reviews from other youtubers and just seeing what you guys have going on on the website and all this and that it it i can definitely see why there's a need for this in the in the market and at first glance, something cool, a chair, like, you know, whatever. But then I'm looking at it, I'm like, suddenly now I feel this need that I should have one. <laughs> I've never considered it yeah. before. I'm like, how could I not want this thing? It's, it does it all. Um, they, uh, they look definitely more comfortable in the, the, what we have in the studio currently. Well, yes, that well, is I mean, damn, it, that it, is for it, damn it, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's uh, that's our goal, and and you know that's what we tell people is like, you know, it's it's one of the most overlooked pieces of gear, uh, you know, in your arsenal. Uh, but if if you have the ability to sit comfortable um, all day long during the rut on a hunt um, or be miserable, like why would you not choose to be comfortable, right? Um, and and what we found and what people have told us is, you know this was originally designed to be a bow hunting chair and, and, you know, it's a phenomenal dove stool. We're down in Texas, lots of dove hunting. Um, but you know, through the years we found that, that people are using it for, for everything. And, uh, we don't, we don't see why the Chama chair can't be, um, the Chama pursuit chair can't be your, your chair that you use for, you know, deer hunting the rut and then spring Turkey. And then, you know, your, your daughter's softball game, um, to, to the tailgate at the, at the Wisconsin, Wisconsin Badgers football game. You know what I mean? It's, nice. uh, nice touch I, there. I truly believe that it's one of those things. It's like, 
you can spend um, lots of money on buying bad chairs that break um, that you use for everything, or you can, you know, uh, buy a premium product like ours and and uh, have it, and it'll last you. And and uh, I think you know people are always surprised at at how often they end up using it and uh, and the places they they find that it's uh, useful for them. So it's uh, it's a versatile product for sure. Well, that where you got to buy a couple because it'll end up being so versatile that you buy it for hunting. Like, well, I'll bring it to a bonfire and I'll bring it to the game and I'll bring. And then, but now you have scent control problems, right? So now it's like, well, I should probably buy another one. You know, so I have one for yeah, this type of use yeah, and one for that type of use. Yeah, our fabrics are uh, DWR tra- uh, treated and and, uh, and UV treated as well. But uh, I don't know if we've done any tests on on the scent game there. So uh, maybe we'll have to do that. That's a good point. Yeah, just bake in some like, I think oh. there's there are some like, well, whatever. You don't have to get super ridiculous with the engineering, but I don't know if you can engineer in some like scent lock or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's something to look into for sure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And then, uh, and then, you know, any, you don't want the deer at your, uh, your, your kid's softball game to smell either. So that's good. All right. Since we're talking about smell, the one thing you want to smell is backwards grind coffee. We got a, a quick break from those guys. Whether you're at work in a tree stand or simply waking up, it's important to be alert and there's no better way to get there than with backwoods grind coffee ground fresh for every order delivered straight to your door backwoods grind coffee right <laughs> that's funny i don't know man the, the use cases are kind of cool like some of the features that i'd seen like the the super big feet on those things the fact that it swivels and it locks into place the fact that the legs uh, are telescopic so if you're on a hill you can maybe make the back two shorter and the front one longer so you're still you know you're, you're at least your ass is even and you're not dumping yourself out of yeah. your chair. Um, yep. The back looks strong the way it snaps in. And is it pretty light in terms of like like portability when you put it into the bag? Is it, you know, how heavy is it? Could, because it's so durable, is that a concern or? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's eight pounds in the bag. Um, so what your, you know, total total weight isn't too bad. Um, but with our with our carry bag, it's it's got a padded adjustable um, strap on it two carry handles. Um, so once, once you get the the chair in the bag and, you know, if you're packing in for a hunt or whatever, um, you, you don't really even notice it's there. And a lot of times, like, like I mentioned, I hunt on public. So what I'll do is I'll take just the chair, um, itself and then the backrest and strap it to my mystery ranch backpack and hike in with it that way. Um, and then if I'm going, you know, if I'm hunting a property where maybe I already have a blind set up or, or whatever, I'll, I'll carry the, uh, the chair in the bag and then just throw my, you know, my wind checker or my calls or whatever in the, the ex- accessory pouches, um, that, that are on the bag and, uh, and then you're ready to go. Um, and there's tie down straps on the back of the bag as well. So, um, I'm a photographer as well. So I throw my tripod in there, um, shooting sticks during rifle season, it's uh it's super versatile and, and like you mentioned um with the adjustable legs um no matter what ground you're on uh no matter what kind of terrain you're on you can always sit level and and i don't think people really appreciate that until they sit crooked in a chair for several hours um and then you're then it's you realize like, it, yeah it is it, it really is and uh with our wider seat frame um it doesn't cut into the back of your legs like you know typical triangle chairs do or even square chairs you kind of 
kind of get that tension on the back of your your hamstrings after a while and, and it makes it uncomfortable and and uh, as we all know the the longer you can sit still uh, the better chance you have of uh of getting games so um that's kind of what Absolutely. we're all about we just we just make it easier for you to hunt better um so um yeah that's that's kind of our mission so um yeah we've uh they they did a great job when they designed this chair and um you know any tweaks and modifications we've made along the way have have all been to improve it and uh we're really happy with with what we have right now for sure it's a cool product you guys got a couple color options what what um you know, without giving anything away, and if you can't, you can't, but like what type of, I noticed your name is uh, thoughtfully branded to just Chama, um, yeah. you know, not Chama Chairs, although like that's where the email yeah. address is at and that's the, um, you know, the name at the bottom, but with it, with it being branded that way, are there other things you guys are, you know, looking to roll out in the future from a gear standpoint? Because you've done such a good job with engineering this one. Is there more on the horizon there? Yes. Uh, yeah, there definitely is. Um, yeah, I can't, can't give away too much, uh, <laughs> but, uh, anybody that's listening, uh, definitely, definitely keep an eye out in the, uh, the coming months. Uh, we've, we've got something we're really excited about. Um, and we're anticipating, uh, September, October ish for that to, to get here and, and be ready to go. But, uh, it's, it's kind of a, a different niche for us. Um, but it's gonna, gonna serve all the same people, um, and then some, so it's going to be, uh, it's going to be really cool to, to see how that helps us grow. And then also how, how people find, uh, find this new product useful. And, uh, and it's just really going to open up a lot of doors for us. And, and we're really excited about that, but, but yeah, you, uh, you know, that we've kind of, we've kind of evolved from, this is the, the Chama chair to now this is the, the Chama pursuit chair. Um, because, uh, yeah, we've got, we've got plenty of plans for, for things coming down the line. So, um, just trying to, trying to keep it clean there. So, uh, but that's all I can get away for now. So I apologize. No, man, that's okay. I, I, you know, oh. I apologize for asking an egregious question. <laughs> like, tell me what you're up to. No, no, that was not uh, at all. Just, it's, uh, it's hard yeah. for me. I, uh, I, you know, with, with the marketing content side of things, I want to, I want to tell everybody that, you know, what's coming, but, um, you know, uh, a product release is not nearly as cool when everybody's already known about it for a while. That is so true. you got to kind of keep it hush hush. That's true. I have a problem with that too. I, uh, well, I just want to give everything out right away. I can't, I can't surprise my wife or anything either. Like I just am not built to surprise people. It's a real struggle. Oh, I'm, I'm in the oh, same boat. Yeah. Yeah. My two year anniversary is coming up and I'm, I'm just, I'm just every day. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to spill the beans on, on what I got coming. I just know it. So it's, uh, it's funny. Yeah, my wife almost begged me to surprise her for Mother's Day, and I could, I couldn't. I was like, no. And plus, we're it's COVID, and we're trapped <laughs> in the same house together, twenty four. I'm like, what the hell am I going to surprise you with? I'm going to build you this piece of furniture. Yeah. Like, you're going to see me doing it. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's awesome. So, how many of these thing, how many of these chairs do you have? You know, um, for the things you do, do you have a couple of different ones for different types of, um, you know, use cases? Or like, I have to imagine oh, you're, yeah, you're yeah. rocking so a couple. Have, uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, being being uh, working with content and then being a photographer myself, some of the photos we use are my own. But uh, I have one in each color. Um, and then, uh, man, I tell you what, the the gray one is is really cool just for for everything. Um, our vintage camo is awesome. That's a a, a proprietary camo that that we designed. Um, so we really like that, and it's uh, it's just a cool, unique kind of pattern and and everything. But um, I use the black a lot. 
in ground blinds, that's, that's what I'll use. Um, and then when I'm duck hunting, um, I'll use the camo. And uh, what's awesome is, you know, you can take the backrest off. So um, if you have a, a shell bag on or anything like that for dove hunting, I usually pop that off and, and just use the chair as a stool. Um, but yeah, they're all, they're all great. And, um, you know, you can, you can use whatever, whatever color you want and, um, really in any situation and, and, uh, they fit right in. So it's cool. And because of the design and, and everything, you know, I've, I've had people stop me and, and, uh, we hear of our customers and people will come up and be like, what is that? You know, it's just a, a really eye catching design. And, and, uh, especially with the, uh, our, our vintage camo, a lot of people start asking questions. We've had, we've had people ask where, you know, where, where can I get this camo? I want a shirt in this or whatever. And, um, there's a, there's a local Texas, um, clothing company, uh, called two dove outdoors. And, and, uh, we've, we've talked with them about getting them some of our, our fabric to make shirts with and stuff. So it's, it's been really neat to see, uh, people kind of, kind of latch on to that, that vintage camo of ours and, and really appreciate it for, for kind of the cool look that it is. So, um, they're, they're all versatile, versatile options for sure. Yeah, it's cool how things evolve like that. Once you put it out into the world, what people end up doing with it, you think one thing and then the market tells you something else and it could be good or bad. And in some cases when it's good, it's like, wow, I didn't, I wouldn't have thought of that. Like, it's, this is great. I didn't expect it to go here at all. It's always a pleasant surprise. Yeah. That's cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What a fun brand. What a fun journey, you know, and you're doing photography too. I, you know, I took a look at some of the things you're doing there and your, your work is great. Um, it's cool that you get to flex some of that stuff also. Yeah. Well, I really, I really appreciate that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's been a fun kind of journey that's, uh, that's, it's, it's really helped me kind of spur my, my passion for the outdoors. I, I first got a camera in high school just cause I was, I was doing so much hunting and, um, I, wanted to share that with my, with my family and, and kind of show them what I was up to out in the woods with, with my buddies. And, uh, then it, you know, kind of evolved into something that I thought I could, you know, really pursue as, you know, maybe a career someday or, um, kind of a, a side hustle type thing. And, um, you know, that's, that's one of the great perks of, of working with Chama is, um, you know, I get to go out in the field and, and hunt and use the product and, and, uh, kind of share stories with our audience about, you know, what I'm doing on specific hunts or, or, uh, really documenting. Cause we are, we're a group of guys that, you know, we like to hunt too. And we like to spend time in the field. We like to go to the river and fish and, and do all the things that, you know, uh, the people that, that are part of our brand like to do. Um, so it's, it's been really cool to kind of develop some authentic stories through that. And, and, uh, I just, I just love having a camera in my hand and, um, you know, Kansas, I think is a pretty place and there's a uh, lots of good stuff to photograph up here. And, uh, it's been, been a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah, and like the, uh, the people that you work with, you mentioned, I heard about you guys from Ward Hegeler, AKA Ward Danger with musket yep. powder. He put me in contact with you directly, I believe. And he's down in Texas. Uh, I won't ask how you yep. know him. I'm not actually sure, but uh, maybe that's not a question we want answered. I don't know. <laughs> it's Ward. <laughs> he's, he's a good guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I was talking with, uh, Johnny Utah today, AKA, uh, John Mulligan, and he knows you guys too. And, uh, I'm like, man, everyone knows Chama. Like you guys, like you said, you came to AT in 2017 and like, it's, it's only been three years and you look like a fully matured company. Like your branding is so on point. So you've done a great job, man. 
Thank you. Yeah, like I said, it's it's been a team effort, and um, I'm just really fortunate to kind of help be a part of all that. But yeah, those are the two guys you mentioned. There are awesome, and um, and and Johnny Utah, uh, John Mulligan. He's he's been really really good to us and and helps out a ton with with uh, content, but also just being a good ambassador for our brand. I mean, he's a he's a great dude, and he's as authentic as they as they come as well. Um, so. You know that's what we're about. If 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 you look at our ambassador page on our website, um, you know I, I think everybody on there I I would I wouldn't hesitate to have a beer with. So um, that's that's kind of uh, you know when we partner with people that's that's who we look for and and uh, you know that's we want we want people that that follow us and that are a part of our brand and you know part of our audience to to feel that way about us too. You know if if you ever run into one of us somewhere, you know stop and let's let's talk about you know, hunting stories or, you know, uh, exaggerate the size of a fish we might've caught or, or whatever. So, um, you know, that's, that's what we're all about. And we're, we're sportsmen and, and hunters and outdoorsmen as well. So, um, it's just cool to, to get to merge the two and, uh, you know, mix, mix work with your passion. It's, uh, it's, it's really a blessing to be able to do that for sure. Heck yeah. Yeah. I just started browsing through the list. Sam, so holds on there. We've, he called in a couple weeks ago. Um, oh yeah, we had Aaron Hitchens on. He called in, and he was a guest on our show uh, towards the end of last year, the beginning of this year. It's all a blur. I don't remember what day it is, let alone <laughs> now what week or month it is. But um, it's cool to have a good group of guys like that that are are rocking your stuff. That's great. And by the way, we're super happy to be rocking Vector Custom Shop as one of our partners. And, uh, you know, their, their product and customer service speaks for itself. If you've ever even reached out to those guys, you've probably gotten a very friendly response and they really do take the time to get to know you and your hunting style, your setup, et cetera. And then they're going to build arrows to your specs and they're outfitted with, um, ethics inserts and outsert systems. So, uh, a great product. If you want to save some, some cash on what they have to offer, Head on over to VectorCustomShop.com, enter in code WHERE, the number two, the word HUNT, for 10% off. And uh, they do sponsor the Shot of the Week. The craziest was, uh, uh, in, the, in both stores of public land, was 2018 archery season and uh i was hunting a big poke land deer um he's a really big seven point and uh i mean just just wide tall i've got pictures i mean i've I've got him on the wall but uh went into this area you had to hike up a mountain i had a boat two miles to get there i mean we're talking beast hunting getting off grid it would have taken somebody by foot you know five miles to get where I'm going. So I get in there get set up. Don't see him, you know, and, and I called my shot. I mean, it was perfect day, you know, just knew it was going to happen that day. I saw the other deer that ran with him. He came in at 30 yards, you know, snort wheeze, did the whole bit, you know, um, kind of got discouraged and, uh, was climbing down the tree, I climbed down the tree and, uh, the trail, ran the top of this ridge where this buck was hanging out was kind of it was kind of on a bench a little bit and it had uh the loggers had pushed up a little dirt on the side of it if you ever watched 
the untamed guys, they, they hunt a lot of places like that where they've got like a berm that they can hide behind. And this was kind of the story there. Well, um, I've got my stand on my back, backpack hooked to my stand. I was still using a climber at the time. So I've got 30 pounds worth of crap on my back. I'm talking on my phone, get off the phone. I, I have my water, uh, you know, I have my camel pack. I've got my water thing in my mouth and I'm just, I'm not walking fast, but I'm not walking in a hunting walk, so to speak. And I kind of go around the top of this 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 ridge to get on kind of the the pinnacle of it to go down to my boat. And to my left, I mean, the deer I came in there for at noon is walking downhill. And I'm not a mountain hunter, you know. I'm I'm a uh, I'm a flatlands guy. I grew up, you know, if, if there was a one foot incline in something, we called it a hill. But, you know, so this, this deer's walking down and, and, and how he doesn't see me, I have no clue because the only thing I could say is that berm kind of hid me and, and he had some does down there. So the deer walks down. I have no time to think about this. I just, I knock an arrow. I put on, uh, I, you know, I put my release on and, you know, we love these range finders, but, uh, at this instant, you know, my range finder's in my pack. I'm not, I'm, I'm packing out to go eat lunch. And I, I, I watch him and he walks down and he starts making a scrape. So I'm seeing his horns and, you know, he's hid behind a tree. He's making a scrape. So now comes the, is he 20? Is he 30? Is he 40? You know, just trying to, he's downhill. All those little factors that, you, you know, when you're practicing, you got to go through, you got to go through. Well, that all goes out the door when your blood pressure's high, you're, you know, you're looking at the deer you came in there after. So I draw back. As soon as he comes out the other side, he hits a sapling and he just rakes it, man. So I, I'm seeing these antlers. I mean, doing all the wrong, all the things I tell people not to. Like, don't look at their horns, you know, focus on where you're going to hit them. Well, you know, the deer's quartering away slightly, walking. I give him the old, the old mat. And I mean, I settle the pin in perfect let the arrow go and you know i've had some great shots on deer and this wasn't my best shot as far as where i hit it but all those factors combined i'd say that that was my the best shot i ever made on a a free range whitetail that i came in there hunting and i mean i hit him i hit him in you know both lungs full exit he was dead in 20 yards and you know it was just like wow that just happened you know and uh you know, I don't, I've never got the Western hunt, but I figure that's about what it's like. You know, you're, you know, a spot and stalk because spot and stalking in Arkansas, eh, you know, you don't get a lot of opportunities for that. But, uh, that was my best one. That's your best shot. I love that, man. That's, that's good my shit. Best shot. Now this is a story that you have to hear. And I think I've told you this before, but you get it. But my best worst shot was on the White River Refuge, which is a huge refuge here in Arkansas. If you ever get a chance to come down here, I will take you to it because it's it's the mecca of public land down here. And I was on the north unit, surrounded by crop fields, big river bottom, huge hardwoods. It is all right. So I don't know where you lost me, but this is the mecca of 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 public land in Arkansas. I mean it is boat access only on a lot of things. It's archery only. They have limited uh, gun seasons out there so there's some there's some toads out there man and and it could be that you see you know a little scrub but it could be that you see a monster and in this particular story i saw two public land monsters you know 
um, and and what happened, I set up on the side of a, a, a big um, slough, which, you know, is just, just kind of like the swamps y'all have. And uh, the river's to my right, slough's to my left. It was just a natural funnel. And I sit all day, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm calling bears. And this is in January because the rut in this particular unit is in January, where normally it's in November. Well, I have two – I have a huge – I, uh, huge for me, 130, 140 class, um, eight point coming up with a small six point that's maybe, you know, under, he's legal for this unit. That's about all the grace I would give him. And they're coming up right in front of me, right where I thought they would. And they bed down in a treetop right at dusky dark. So I give, I give them the old Papa grunt, man. I just hit them up with a bet, you know, just slow, like, Hey, I'm a buck over here. You're in my territory back off bro and they come right in on, on a string you know they get up they're coming in you know they're closing the gap 50 yards 40 yards 30 yards so they're they're cresting 20 yards and this big eight point i remember him because his g3s were just ridiculously long his g2s were short but his g3s were just crazy i mean just a crazy looking deer and uh and this is, you know, anybody that's ever bow hunted will understand this. I hear crunching behind me, and both of those deer are looking past me, behind me. And out comes Bambi's dad, bro. I mean, like, the king of the forest. He is, he's wide. He's got banana tines. And banana tines, I mean, like, just big old, thick, long tines. He's everybody's dream mounted on their fireplace, just you know, 150 if he's an inch, maybe even bigger. And I mean, I'm in, I'm just in like awe. This deer's walking through the thickest part of this. I haven't ranged any of it. Long story short, he gets to a place. I try to draw my bow three times and can't I keep hitting my I keep hitting my harness. I keep hitting the, the stand, you know. But he's looking at these other deer. They're ready to fight. They don't really care about the guy in the tree stand trying to kill him. So it's set up perfectly. Again, I haven't ranged this spot, so he stops, and I'm like, gotta be 40 yards. Draw back, hit it. He was 30 yards. Shoot right over the top of him. Well, he jumps out into the like into the clearing portion of everything and then tussles in with that big eight point. So now I'm thinking, hey, they're at 50 yards. I got another shot. Knock up, draw back. Settle the pin in for a 50-yard shot, hit the, you know, hit the trigger, watch another arrow, another light of knots sail over this deer's back, and I'm crushed. You know, they run, they're gone. There's a bunch of crashing, and I, I throw my backpack down. I climb down with the fury of a, you know, it was just a man beat down. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm on the verge of crying, you know, like I just blew the shot of a lifetime on a lifetime deer. So I pack all my stuff up, get my stand on. I go get my first arrow, throw my quiver. I get to my second arrow, and there is blood everywhere. And I'm not talking about like a little bit. I mean, like it looks like, I mean, it's it's just a an artery hit, I could tell. And I'm thinking, what happened? Well, archery's a fickle, a fickle mistress. And what you don't see after you shoot over a buck high is that there's another buck, maybe a smaller six-point, 
that you had no intentions of shooting, standing, facing away from you, and you give him the old Texas heart shot, unbeknownst to you, hit him right in the keister, clip his femoral artery, and he's down in 30 yards. <laughs> so out of all this, I ended up, this is my first public land deer, first public land deer I've ever killed, the White River Refuge, after missing a monster, I shoot a legal six-point. Now, I'm happy as a pup with two tails because I love deer mate, but at the same time, that is, I mean, that is a true story. It really happened. And my buddy that, that came over there, he was like, why did you shoot this deer? And I was like, well, let me tell you. And to this day, I, uh, I, that, I tell that story all the time. And Still confused. Just, you really got to think. Like that arrow, it has a mind of its own, and, and you really got to see what's, what's beyond it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that, so that was my best worst shot, and then the other was my best shot. But uh, both of them public land deer. Again, I made some, I made some what I would consider great shots. Is when you know hit the deer good, the deer did not suffer. You know he died. I mean he was dead on the on as soon as the arrow hit, but he didn't find out for 20, 30 yards. But uh, you know, but that those two just stick out the most to me. All right, that was our buddy Jared Norwood with uh, Native South, and uh, that that segment's brought to you by Vector Custom Shop. Let's get back to our interview. How fun, man. What a fun, what a fun gig to have uh, a, I don't know, it sounds like a dream job in, in the, what we'll call the hunting industry, if we dare call it that, but um, yeah, I don't like to call it that, but it is what it is. It's a fun space. Yeah. How, how about, yeah. Um, yeah, no. you know, at, the, at this point, I, I, I guess I'm, maybe I'm jumping the gun a little bit here, but we're covering ground pretty quickly. I think given all of the hunts you've had in Kansas, in such short order, uh, or over such a quick period of time, you've made, uh, you know, quick work of, of learning new territory, new species and how to hunt them. Do you have a hunt that sticks out to you so far as something that you would, you know, say, this is the most memorable hunt. This is the one that I go to in my mind. What is that hunt for you? Yeah. Um, I think it would, I think it would probably, uh, be my mule deer hunt, um, in November of 2018, um, it, it was with a buddy of mine, uh, here and he, uh, he got, he got a day off work and, and, uh, I had actually just taken the job with Chama like the day before. And, um, I was like, Hey, uh, can I start on Monday? Uh, kind of deal. <laughs> cause, uh, cause I, I've got this hunt planned and, and of course they obliged. So, uh, we loaded up in the truck and just, you know, threw a tent in the bed of the truck and grabbed our bows and headed out to Western Kansas and, um, you know, I was talking with, uh, with a guy and he was like, yeah, like I've hunted this property before. Um, I shot a buck out here a couple of years ago and he like dropped me a pin on, on X and was like park here. Um, uh, you know, and the deer are probably going to be over here. And, uh, it was just, it just worked out perfectly. Like we parked, we got out, um, you know, literally where he dropped the pin, there was a buck with a few does and some smaller bucks just hanging out, uh, you know, on, on this hillside, um, down in this, by this drainage. And we watched them that afternoon and just saw a, a, a really big deer, probably a, a 180, 190 type mule deer, which I had never even laid eyes on anything like that before. I was just in awe. I, uh, I just sat behind the spotting scope for two hours and watched it nonstop. And, uh, the next morning, uh, we slept in the tent, uh, on the side of the road and, uh, next morning got up and kind of started making our way through this drainage and, and uh, set up to glass at, at daylight and uh, saw some deer and 
I saw a, a doe jump over a, a fence and uh, there was a buck behind her and I saw that she was going into this specific drainage and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to go over there and see what happens. And uh, kind of snuck my way down the, down the hill and, and uh, right as I crested the hill and started to go down into the drainage, I, uh, I saw the doe and I just set up behind a yucca bush and uh, she walked the, the length of the drainage and um, she, I don't know what happened. I, I, I think it was just, you know, good luck on my end, but she stopped and, and turned and started to walk up this little finger to my left. And, um, the buck was drooling and grunting and everything else. And just his neck was, you know, looks like a 50 gallon drum and he followed her and, and I came to full draw and had him at 40 on the dot and, and, uh, squeezed off the shot and perfect double lung. And he, he laid up in like 20 yards and it was just, uh, that, that hunt sticks out to me, uh, because my friend, uh, he moved to Colorado shortly after that. And, uh, that was kind of a, the last hunt that we got to have together here in Kansas and, um, you know, to, to hunt and finally get my hands on an animal that I'd only seen on TV before, um, growing up in, in East Texas. And, you know, I'd always dreamed of doing it, but I always thought it would be in Colorado or Montana or, you know, South Dakota, somewhere like that to, to do it in Kansas and, and, uh, have that opportunity to, to take advantage of, all that Kansas has to offer and just an over the counter tag, do it yourself type thing. And just, um, just that'll always be really special to me. And, and that was my first, uh, buck with a bow, uh, to boot. So it was kind of cool. I, I never imagined that, you know, the first, uh, buck that I would take with a bow and arrow would, would be a mule deer. I always thought it'd be some, you know, skinny little white tail from East Texas or something like that. But yeah, that, that's my most memorable hunt here in Kansas for sure. That's pretty cool. That's pretty rad. Your first buck with a bow was a giant million Kansas. That's freaking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about <laughs> giant. Uh, he was a good deer though. I, I, I wasn't going to pass. I mean, a mule deer, they're uh, just big, right? Like, I mean, they're a little bit bigger than yeah. whitetail. Yeah. Well, that's what blew my mind. I mean, uh, they're, yeah, like I said, I was used to, to East Texas whitetails. And then when I walked up on that thing, I just couldn't get over how big the body was. And, you know, I started, when I started, you know, cutting them up, I pulled the hide back and there was, it was white and I had never seen fat on a deer before. And, uh, it kind of threw me off. I was like, what's wrong. You know, uh, you guys know being in Wisconsin, your deer all are, are all big and, and, uh, and well fed yep. just like ours, ours are here. But I was like, well, I've never seen, I've never seen fat on a deer before. So that was a, that was pretty neat. Interesting. Wow. It's kind of cool hearing that kind of stuff from people like, you know, hunt in different States like that. We've been, talking to people from so many different places, you, you pick up on different things, climate and color and things like that. I wouldn't have thought of that either. The fat, the fat content yeah. on an animal compared to, you know, where you're from. How much For meat sure. do you, do you have like, yeah, do you have a couple of chest freezers then? Like how much meat have you packed into your freezer? Uh, since you no, moved back, no, like what kind of I, meals uh, are you cooking, man? I just, yeah, no, we eat a lot of it. And that's what that's, I mean, that's the best part to me. I, uh, you know, that's, that's always rewarding. Um, but now I don't have a chest freezer. I, I need to get one. But at the time, my wife and I were living in a one bedroom, you know, 900 square foot apartment. And, uh, we just had like a little, you know, just a normal fridge in there with a little freezer on the top. And she had shot a doe that fall as well. And, and, uh, we were, we were slammed full. That's for sure. We were, you know, trying to give it away or we were having our friends over and making burgers and stuff, just trying to, 
trying to get through it so that we could uh, could make room. But yeah, our freezer was, um, you know, a frozen bag of berries for my wife's protein shakes, and then uh, and then about you know how many ever pounds two deer <laughs> worth of meat is in the freezer. So it was it was kind of funny for a while. It was uh, a lot of red meat was getting eaten in our house, so it was cool. That's fun. How are you cooking most of that up? Do you have any favorite meals or any uh, favorite way to prep them? Yeah. So, um, I, you know, I, burgers are great, obviously chili, all that good stuff. But, um, I think I, I like eating whole cuts. Um, I enjoy, I enjoy red meat. I enjoy it, uh, rare to medium rare. And, um, I've, I've kind of gotten into sous vide, uh, cookery, um, in the last year or so. And I think for, is, you know, for lean red meat, like, like deer, um, it's hard to go wrong with, with that style of cooking. Um, you know, just put it in a hot water bath for, um, a couple hours and, you know, at 120 degrees and then get a cast iron skillet, um, uh, screaming hot with some butter in there and some, you know, fresh rosemary and thyme. And, and, uh, after the meat's cooked in the sous vide, um, pat it dry and put it in the cast iron and get a nice, nice crust on there and slice into it. And, uh, I just, that's some of my favorite meals are, are definitely just good old deer steaks. So it's, it's, uh, it's hard to beat that. Yeah. That's that sounds good. Do you have one of those things, Greg? Have you tried that yet? The CV? No, sous vide. It, it looks interesting. I mean, it's hard to wrap your, I've your never brain tried around it, it that way. Yeah. I mean, I'm always, I'm always doing mine on the grill, usually on the charcoal. If I need to, I'll do it on the gas grill, but Otherwise, it's in the in the, the cast iron pan on the stove with with some avocado oil or a little bit of butter. Yeah, and just get that. Yeah, crust and you, and on you can't it. you can't go wrong with that either. It's a it's just a kind of a nice way to assure that you don't dry it out. It's really all that it that it prevents you from doing. So yeah, I'd and, say uh, for someone like of, me, it's idiot proof. Kind of so I th- <laughs> I, uh, I enjoy all the the cool little tools you can use in the kitchen. A buddy of mine, um, actually sure. our, our, our CTO for the where to hunt, uh, app, uh, Joe, he, his, he's like, dude, I'll throw in the sous vide and I'll, I'll keep it in there you know, all night. Cause it's not going to overcook. It just stays at that temperature. And that's the part that I, I'm like, huh? Like what? Yeah. <laughs> you can do that. Yeah, and then, constant, and then he constant. sears it. Yeah. It's yeah. so weird to me, but I guess we have, uh, not the, not the one that you can buy, but our, like the, we have an Instapot and I guess it has a sous vide feature. Which we have yet to really try neat. out. Huh. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I uh, I really enjoy it. We uh, for for Christmas, my wife's family always does a, a prime rib, and you know, um, in the past few years, you know, cook it in the oven, and and uh, it always turns out great. But it's like, you know, it's it's kind of well done on the outside, but then the middle is still almost so raw you can't really eat it. Um, and then yeah. this year we did we did did in the sous vide and uh it was just you know perfect 135 from the outside to the inside and then uh seared it off in a in a big skillet and uh it was it's phenomenal so i uh i'm a i'm a big advocate of that so if you ever get your hands on one definitely definitely give it a shot yeah it seems like a pretty cool way to do it a tasty one at that looks like our buddy jared just popped in a little bit ago he says uh so he's in he's in arkansas and he said the I'm a little late to read this. He said East East Texas deer and Arkansas deer are very similar. He's talking about when you're seeing you know fat on the deer in Kansas and not down in Texas. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, it was funny. Another favorite hunt of mine. Uh, my wife, uh, her first her first deer. She was just my girlfriend at the time, but we were at my 
grandparents' small little farm in East Texas for, for Thanksgiving. And, you know, she was like, I, I want to try deer hunting. So, you know, we went down there and got set up and, and, uh, a little buck came out and, uh, it was, it was awesome. She made an incredible shot and, um, you know, we walked up on it and just, uh, I mean, I, I felt like my dog was bigger than that thing, but, uh, it is, it is really cool to, to see these, these big bodied Midwestern deer, but, um, it was, I'll never forget that day either. Cause I shot my first deer on that hillside and she shot her first deer there. And it's just really cool. And hopefully my kid can shoot his first deer on that same hill too someday. So, um, it's really neat. That's awesome. What kind of, what kind of bow do you shoot, um, for archery? Yeah. So I shoot the, uh, the Matthews, um, verdicts. Um, I, um, uh, I've been a Matthews guy for the last, last few years now. And I've just, I'm just, I've never shot better than I am with this verdicts. And, um, I, I just really, really like it. Um, I think it, it fits me really well. And, um, I just, I mean, practice trumps everything obviously, but, um, it, it helps when your equipment helps you out a little bit too. And, um, that bow has been, been awesome. And I, I really enjoy it. So, uh, I don't think you can go wrong with, with the Matthews in my book. Greg, where are you shooting these days? I can't remember. Yeah, I've got a Matthews. I've got the, I, I got the Halon 32. So the older version of a Vertex. I took and shrunk the, the Halon down, uh, into the Vertex platform. And now they've got a couple other ones out since then, but that, that cam profile has been a pretty good cam for them, I think. And then they're, you know, it's a, it's a split limb and a pretty, pretty nice machine riser that's on those bows. So it's a quality bow for sure. I got the, the bear empire, which I think is a pretty old bow single cam. I like it. It's quiet. It's really quiet. But it's probably not as fast as some of the other ones on the market. Maybe I'll have to look at that sometime. I gotta get on some better deer first before I think about upgrading a bow. <laughs> you gotta you gotta figure that part I out. One step at a time. Yeah. 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 I I hunted with like my first bow for so many years and then when I started I the I got the Matthews uh, I think it was the Triax or whatever is the one that they had before the verdicts and I was like, Oh, I don't know, I don't wanna give up this bow. I mean I've I've been hunting with it for so long and it still works, you know, I, I, I can hit what I'm aiming at and everything. So, uh, you, you know, when you, when you have gear that, that works for you, it's hard to, to want to move on to something else. That's for sure. Right. So Jared, you should just call in buddy. He's, he's commenting again, but he, we're, you know, we're, we're nearing the end, but he said, uh, by the way, the chairs are the bee's knees as a guy that's used to sitting in cheap blind chairs. These are like trading your Honda in for a Lambo. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I'm gonna have to use that. Uh, I'm gonna have to use that for copy on social media sometime. That'll be a caption. Yeah, do get like some sort of meme, right? Get the Honda and the Lambo, and you know, it's funny though, cause I yeah. my dad sits on some shitty ass stool and it, like digs into the mud and then it collapses and folds and he brings this goofy stool out there. I guess the only good thing is if he forgets it, which has happened, it's no big deal. But um, I had like a tripod chair years ago, and I loved it for ice fishing more than anything. Uh, cause it was like, you know, the, 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 it had the same framework as yours design wise. It was nothing like yours, some cheap Gander mountain brand back when they were still around. And eventually the, the fabric ripped, you know, on the, on the part where it's like compressed to the, to the metal, but I had a cup holder right in the, the crest there, right where your crotch is. So you put your beer right in your crotch basically. And, uh, you know, you tip back, lean back and jig, jig, jig all, you know, it was, I like that style chair a lot. So like 
I think that's probably what caught my eye most about what you guys have. It's a great design. It's, it's a good product. Yeah, yeah, we've got a we've got a couple guys that I fish out of ours, and uh, you know, we always tell people it's not a napping chair, um, but <laughs> but it is comfortable. So uh, it's funny at trade shows, you know, some old guy will come sit down and he'd be like, oh, I can't take a nap in this, and they're like, well, uh, you know. I bet you could, you know, looking at you, I bet you could probably fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You know, you could put it, you could put it in the case and put it on the ground and use it as a pillow. How about that? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Another good use case for you. No, that's cool, man. Um, you know, thanks for sharing your, your story with us, how you kind of came to be. You know, it's interesting. We're a bit of a generalist podcast. We dive into, you know, all sorts of topics and guests from, you know, high schoolers down in Louisiana to, you know, Aaron Hitchens and, and, um, you know, some of the bigger names out there and a lot of guys that no one's heard of for tactics and tips. And, and we talk about products, but we also like to get the flavor. At least I like to get the flavor of, you know, people's stories into how did you get into the outdoors? A lot of our listeners are aspiring to do something in the outdoor space. So it's cool to hear that side of it too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, you guys do a great job and, and, uh, thanks for having me on and I'm more than happy to do it anytime. And, um, you know, to your comment there, if, if there's anyone that's, um, you know, wanting to get started in hunting or photography or fishing or whatever it may be. Um, you know, my experience in life is you just, you just got to do it, you know, take one step at a time. And, and, uh, and, you know, I, I typically find myself jumping in, uh, headfirst to, to anything that I start doing. And, you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but, uh, you know, I think, uh, if, if you find a mentor and, and, uh, and really reach out and and like I said, use social media. You know, there's there's lots of people out there that are that are more than willing to to take somebody along with them and and share their passion for hunting and fishing and the outdoors. Uh, you know, I've 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 been on uh, my fair share of hunts with guys um, here and and back home as well. Um, you know, that I just shot a message to on Instagram and was like, hey, if you ever have you know an extra extra seat available in your truck. I'd like to join you. And, uh, and, you know, a lot of times people are more than happy to do that. So, um, that's always a, a great resource. Uh, but just be smart that you don't, you know, get into, get into somebody's vehicle. That's a total stranger, I guess. But, uh, most of the time it's, it's always fun. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. No doubt. You got to watch yourself. I mean, I like Greg in my house. Yeah. So I'm still not sure about that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hear him chuckling back there with oh, his boy. creepy chuckle. Come on, Greg. Yeah, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to smoke that salmon that we got last year, by the way, now that I got that fancy smoker. Uh, you better not screw it up. That's all I'm going to say. It can't we be that hard. hard that, there's there's, there's good instructions. <laughs> I'm learning, though. I'm learning. Talk about, like, that's why I ask you, Sam, like, how are you prepping all that food? I got this new uh, Pit Boss you know, pellet grill, and I've just been throwing everything on there from muffins to bacon to there you go. everything, man. It's... uh. It's awesome. It's also nice to have like a separate stove outside. You know, if Holly's cooking something, my wife and on the stove, I can fire that thing up and we can get two things going at once. It's pretty neat. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I just got a smoker in March and I've, uh, I've been, I've been smoking everything that you can smoke. So it's been, uh, it's been fun. It's a, a cool way to cook for sure. That's funny. Yeah, That's how it goes. Hey, well, uh, thanks for your time on the show. We appreciate it. We'd love to have you back at some point. You know, we always think that, you know, the first episode's the kind of intro. And then, you know, if we get you back for another, we can dive into some of your DIY hunts and how you've kind of uh, dissected that and got into it and maybe pick a species and, and jam out on that. 
Yeah, for sure. That sounds great. Um, yeah, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully this turns out to be a good episode for you guys and, uh, and it'll be worth having me back on, but if not, then, uh, you got my number and we can, we can talk about, uh, hunting or, or, you know, shoot the bull about whatever. I'm, I'm always down to talk about, uh, being outside. So. Oh yeah, man. How do people, how do people, uh, find Chama chairs? I'm sure it's obvious with a name like that, but like, do you recommend anybody go, uh, obviously trade shows are kind of a, not a thing right now, but, uh, retail stores online, yeah. how do they get in touch? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So chamachairs.com, um, and then, uh, social media, uh, at chamachairs on Instagram and Facebook, um, shoot us a message there and, uh, I'll get back to you, uh, personally, um, through those channels. Um, and then, um, but we always, uh, we have a, we have a great dealer network and, and right now more than ever is a great time to, to support those folks. Um, so, um, if, if you want to get a chair, um, on our website, um, you can find a dealer list. Um, so you can, you can search and put in your, uh, your zip code and find if there's any, uh, local dealers near you. Um, and then if not, um, like I said, chamachairs.com you can find us there. Um, we're running a spring sale right now and it's ending soon. So this is our lowest price of the year right now. So, um, if you want to get your hands on one, uh, now would be a great time to do it. So, uh, you can find us there, um, social media, and then, uh, we're always, we're always looking to help folks and, uh, always down to, like I said, talk about hunting or whatever. So shoot us a message and we'd love to chat. Rock on. Cool. Cool. Thanks so much. Uh, with that folks, we're going to end the live, the live broadcast. And as you all know, this thing will be produced into podcast land this evening. So thanks for tuning in everybody. Thank you. See ya. Hey everybody, it's Casey with eHunter again. I uh, appreciate you giving us a few minutes to drop some headlines on you f- from last week. This is just a recap. If you need more information, I strongly suggest hitting up the website. Find these articles there. There's lots of links to uh, the sources, and especially, for instance, like here, um, Colorado is opening up some plans for managing deer herds for public comments. So those are open until May 25th. They affect the deer herds in GMUs 87, 88, 89, 90, 95, and then another herd affects uh, 91, 92, 94, 96, and 951. If you hunt deer in any of those units, you have until May 25th to get uh, your public comment on record. That article is titled, Speak Up for Colorado Mule Deer. Uh, Another headline we had was about a couple of turkey hunters getting shot in New York. It was a strange deal. So these two guys show up to a property that they have lawful permission to hunt. They see some decoys out there. And so they think, well, somebody's here hunting. We're going to get on out of here. And then they get shot. They weren't shot and killed or really even seriously injured. The guy that shot them apologized but left, and he was later found and arrested. Pretty interesting story. Uh, Wyoming published their... 2020 proposal for wolf tags basically they're the wyoming game of fish is proposing increasing the number of wolf tags available by 50 percent there's a lot of science behind that it's a very controversial issue go to the website if you want to learn more about that it's a good one so we don't we don't report much outside the u.s but last week prince harry sold his firearms uh for about $60,000. It included some custom pieces. And the reporting that we were 
sourcing off this says that he gave up hunting to please his wife. So, interesting article there. Tennessee is debating some coyote hunting issues. They're actually looking to open up night hunting for coyotes in all counties. On uh, Prince of Wales Island off the coast of Alaska, there was a record number of wolves trapped there. It's a specific unit, Unit 2. The Alaska Department of Game and Fish announced that 165 wolves were trapped during the winter out of a population of approximately 170 wolves. People were kind of upset about it, but again, there's a lot of science that goes into managing these herds of wild animals, herds and populations. This is kind of a big ticket item coming out of Colorado as of July 1st. If you want to access any Colorado state-owned land, state or uh, owned or leased land, you will have to have in your possession a valid hunting or fishing license. Reason being is the money that funds these lands comes from hunting and fishing permits and is managed for hunting and fishing. So they're trying to ensure that these lands are actually being used for hunting and fishing and not just recreational hiking, etc. Uh, I would recommend hitting up that article to get the details there. Let's see. Uh, Pennsylvania has got a ban on feeding and luring deer. Uh, if you live in Pennsylvania, I know there's a lot of deer hunters per capita in Pennsylvania. You might want to keep up to date with that. And also um, published last week, the Missouri Department of Conservation announced their first elk season coming up um, this fall. We happened uh, to get a an interview with Aaron Hildreth from he's a biologist with the Missouri Department of Conservation and uh, the podcast on that is just really great great information there uh, again appreciate the time y'all take care and we'll talk to you next week All right, the tip of the week. If you made it this far, you, we know that you are a diehard listener. Give yourself a pat on the back, but not if you're driving. Uh, this week, Anthony Heller is taking a break. I think he's out doing some uh, last uh, call turkey hunting, if I'm not mistaken. However, I did have the opportunity to guest on his podcast, the Deer Vein Podcast, uh, this past Thursday, or last week Thursday? What day? Well, I don't know what day it is anymore. I know today is Tuesday because I do the podcast on Tuesday, but I think I talked to them last week, Thursday. So that episode just aired uh, yesterday, I believe, or today. So uh, we talked about podcasting and what it's like to do a podcast and how to do some technical things and stuff like that and kind of really went behind the scenes. So the tip of the week this week, I think... Um, will be if you're starting a podcast, considering a podcast or considering starting one or wondering about one. Um, I think there's a few tips. That there's like probably a hundred tips I could give you. Don't do it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, one of them being, you know, make sure you know your why. And what I mean by that is why are you going to do a podcast? There is a ton of saturation. And I think that anybody and everybody could and should do a podcast. But before you go and do the same old thing that everyone else is doing, Think about why you're doing a podcast and what you can do differently. So my tip is rather than do something better than do it different than. And the example that I gave on Anthony's podcast on Deervane was 
Uh, similar to like the energy drink market is super saturated. There's a bajillion energy drinks. Who the hell would do another energy drink? That's cr that's crazy and ridiculous. But the company Five Hour Energy Energy um, made an energy drink that was different, not better than, and it did very very well. They created a new market and category of energy drinks. In fact, some would call them the category king. So that being said, when you're going to start a podcast, consider the reason why, and then challenge yourself to think about what you're going to do differently. And there's not a lot of original ideas left in the world, but you can take and pick and pull things from other areas and do something in the outdoor space that might be different than what others are doing. And that could be your unique voice, your disposition towards things, the way that you put information together the connections that you have that maybe you can interview people, um, maybe the stories or the way that you can tell stories or the fact that you can tell good stories. There's a lot of things about you as an individual that can uh, make something different and unique to your style, whether that's the type of information you're putting out or the way that you're putting that information out. Um, that's my tip of the week among many other things I could say for podcasting. The other tip there is make sure you have uh, multiple gates in place in terms of recording. I have three. I have three things recording my podcast at any point in time. So if one fails, the other will get it. And if that one fails, the other will get it. Because I've had on two instances, guests that I didn't record their side of the conversation. And I tell you what's embarrassing is asking that person to do the same interview again. So learn from my mistakes. Start with why. Think about something different and make sure you have a good backup plan in place for recording your podcast. That's what I got for everybody this week. I hope everyone enjoyed today's episode with Chama Chairs. They sound more comfortable than the bar stool I'm sitting on at this uh, table here. But anyway, we thank him for being on the, on the show. Sam, we appreciate it. And uh, have a great week on public.